So Guardiola has to wait. He knows it's too late. As Chelsea begin walking by. Welcome to episode 18 of Who Scored Again. I'm your host Abhin. I am joined by my two hosts in uh, Akshay and Sid right now. Tushar is running a bit late. He'll join us for the later half of the episode. On this week's episode, we take a look at Manchester United's exceptional performance in the Europa League, Manchester City's exceptional performance in the Champions League, the announcement of Gareth Southgate's England squad, as well as what our potential dream transfers for next season could be like. It's going to be a very silly, funny episode. So. Strap in and we promise a good time. So we did a watch along on for both games, and they're both on. um they both on youtube the city one was a, was a little more fun probably because it was from a neutral perspective and an, an all around a better game the united game was torturous to watch one because as fans we were nervous and it wasn't the best game villarreal didn't really come to play they came to nullify united stats and did so really well um none of united's players turned up it was probably the best attacking uh, lineup that we've seen put out as a starting 11 things did not go to plan uh, the manager waited too long to make subs and by the time it got to the 120th minute nobody was confident that deha was going to save any of those pens he didn't save any of them ultimately he ended up missing <laughs> a pen because i i don't think i've ever seen such a high quality penalty shootout ever it ended 10-11 with the keepers having to take uh, the final pens and ruila i think is what the vrl goalkeeper's name is he absolutely thumped that into the back of the net and but dave tried to side foot it he, i don't know what it was he tried to place it to the right uh, the keeper read it bam over united out of the europa league so very quickly we'll get thoughts because uh, we were i mean i'm more i think we know our general feelings on on how that evening went it started pouring so i apologize for any back background noise that you may be hearing <laughs> and it happened very randomly but anyway back to the point uh thoughts on the game guys yeah, it was a very slow game from both from both sides our united team was as you could see gassed out for the entire season it was the last stretch of the game ever since the last few premier league games also could see none of the players had it in them to counter attack or even put balls inside the box for for the for the attacking from the attacking point of view mm-hmm. um and Emery did a great job with his team to cancel out any threat that we put up, put in the box so i think hats off to Emery and we have to give him credit where it's due um so so let's see hopefully next season will be in the champions league anyways um and we didn't have to win the europa to uh we didn't have to count on the europa win to be in next year's champions league so that's a, another point that we could take as a happy point for our for us united fans on a first first of all good evening everyone uh, i think uh on the balance of play clearly the way we are all set up and nullified the threat any threat for that matter that united could have posed 
based on that balance of play i guess they deserve to win it i'm i'm speaking i mean i'm obviously i'm speaking as a united fan we did not have any clear cut chance i can't think back at any point in the 120 minutes that we watched them play i can't think back to maybe the last for chance uh, that was probably a sitter that he should have put at the back of the net uh, but it could have been ruled offside in case it did go uh, it it he did score it it could have been called offside on the bruno pass uh, mm-hmm. but yeah apart from that even the goal we scored it was a pinball ricochet edison uh, doing uh, the uh, i mean doing what he does best uh, just putting it in the back of the net uh, like a, like a poacher that he is but apart from that i honestly virial the goal that virial scored i mean you could see that coming a mile away the the moment the the ball was hit perfectly you knew lindelof was going to commit a mistake and united in set pieces this season has just been so horrible so horrible and like you said up and i think that was the best team that united could have put up barring maguire i guess you can't even knock ole for the team he put out he didn't play the uh, his typical double pivot of uh, mcfred so yeah i guess the only the only knock i have on ole is he could have made a few more substitutions after the 65th uh, even maybe even the 70th minute given 20 minutes to amad maybe uh, dan james uh i don't know why he didn't do that he could, he should have done that ideally Rashford was having a stinker I think all of us can agree on that he was having yeah, a stinker and a half yeah he should have been brought yeah, off totally and he was he was also fighting an injury right so yeah he, exactly um, so he should have been brought should off should have come off at, yeah for Ahmad given Ahmad a chance at least 20 he could have had 20 minutes I mean and once it once it went to extra time I don't think either team wanted to win it uh, yeah. they were they were yeah. they were both I don't know why Ole settled for a uh, for for penalties because I mean we as fans knew Dave was not not even going to save one. The last penalty he saved was against Everton in the FA Cup semi final back in 2016. So yeah. it's it yeah. he I read a stat that said Dave hasn't saved 35 or 36 penalties before the penalty shootout. I mean he did save one at the start of the season, but he had it had to be retaken. Uh, but yeah, like. apart from that i i don't know he could he had one more substitution he could have he could have pulled a louis van gaal uh, versus costa rica and brought on henderson for the penalties but for whatever reason i guess he knew he knows best uh, sometimes yeah sometimes having faith on a player is is good but having blind faith is it, it can cost some managers their jobs This was a this was a title he should have won or rather a cup he should have won. I mean yeah so you we all agree the coach froze because that's kind of what happened. Yeah. He he froze yeah. on the night because he was for the first time he thought okay I'm going to like I'm not going to like break I will stick with with what I have. And ultimately that cost him because by the time he made his first substitution Emery was making his sixth <laughs> Emery so, exactly it finishes entire quarter yeah. of subs so he basically Emery, changed half he changed team. half his team yeah exactly so so this so I I'm not quite sure if you've seen Ford versus Ferrari uh you have yeah so in I Ford versus so. Ferrari yeah, there is like yeah. so the the way they like one of the pivotal moments is when they like they end up getting the upper hand uh, on Ferrari spoilers for Ford versus Ferrari is that they wear out the gear system and then they change it So 
that's a very similarly emery <laughs> comes in and then he had players who were gassing out uh, mario gaspar didn't start and usually he's the one bombing forward so that should have been an indication of what kind of match emery wanted to play uh, and he just played the same system but kept re- replacing parts consistently cuz united are very good at tearing teams down at running them down the five subs gave him an opportunity to combat that so yeah he bought moreno on he bought uh, mario gaspar on in the second half he bought a, sev- a bunch of several others uh, on but he bought the, he bought the cock on also cockland yeah cockland yeah and cockland yeah, and, and you could like the, the most significant part of like emery's game or other like the most damning example of it could possibly be where cockland is on the counter attack realizes what the plan is turns out and passes it back to his keeper or like to his his defense because Villarreal are aware that United's biggest threat is in transition because they score a lot during in, in transition. Yeah. So, so they had nothing. Think, to, yeah, go on. Finish your uh, point, Abel. So they had nothing to transition to. They completely. Uh, I think they should have realized when the first sub Emre made was he took off the striker and bought in a defensive midfielder. I think at that yeah. point United should have understood yeah, well, that. Okay, Manz got. Yeah. Yeah, all I should have understood that. Okay, he should have understood at that gone. point. But yeah, he should have. We had to make some changes have. as well. And but do you guys remember when we played against Sevilla in the semi-finals last year? He didn't make a sub until the 80th minute last year as well. Yeah, yeah. Semi-final. You guys yeah, remember that when when we went three-one yeah. down? When we were three-one down or two-one down? Sorry, when we were two-one down, he didn't make a sub till the 80th minute. See, there can only be one of two reasons. One, he's too. trusting of his starting 11 he thinks he can they can bring the game home and two he doesn't trust the players on the bench there can only be two reasons why a manager doesn't make substitutions can't yeah. and in both cases in both cases he could have made five substitutions in both those cases it's like it's a pretty um what do you call it? it's it's kind of scary like give keeping in mind the, the season to come because if he freezes like that again in a couple of months united are in a big problem so united finished second they finished second in a season where um liverpool had a, whole, a laundry list of injuries um chelsea had had frank lampard who clearly wasn't good enough to take them from fourth and above or he was i think he was he was going to do well with the team he had but i don't think he's very good at managing egos which was kind of ultimately his downfall next season that won't be the case next season you have thomas tuchel coming in with um a, a completely revitalized chelsea squad even though i don't think they carry that form into the league because you can't play like that you don't play against city 38 times a season you play them twice i don't think tuchel and chelsea carry that form into the premier league season i still feel they lack striker a clinical striker because as much as they they got they got through the champions league uh unscathed they were had several chances to put that game to bed before the referee called full time and they ended up taking only one of those chances maybe timo werner has a better season next season maybe that's what ultimately supplements uh like uh, that that issue but in terms of in terms of goal threat up front i don't think they have a consistent enough attacking lineup to um what do you call uh, to to charge over 38 klopp is the one that 
is is worrisome because Van Dyke is back. They they have bought uh, Kunate as of I'd like to say uh, like as of last week. So uh, they still have Salah Mane. I assume they will be adding more uh, players to that squad. So they are the midfield as well. Yeah. Because Wijnaldum is gone, so they will Wijnaldum be looking at yeah. yeah. So they definitely need a new midfielder. It's an, it's going to be a very interesting season next season, but we'll we'll see how that plays out. So I think it's time we like broke into the Champions League, considering we we just spoke about Chelsea's uh, exploits over the weekend. So, so being a being a United fan, I'm really happy that City didn't win the Champions League. Um, although the game was. Uh, Uh, quite quite entertaining for a neutral from a neutral perspective uh, we had chances great chances from both sides being missed early on and uh, i think uh, chelsea played a really good game in especially in midfield with kante who who just beautifully and magnificently held the ball for the team when when they needed him Uh, they had a few injuries which got replaced with good players replacing them and they also did a fantastic job so overall chelsea did play a really good game and uh, really happy to see them win the champions league and i've been i've been saying this since uh, since i watched the fa cup semi final game between city and chelsea the way chelsea played in the second half city didn't stand a chance in the second half against chelsea and at that point in time i i i thought chelsea will win every game going forward like i i thought they'll beat leicester in the in the i thought they'll beat arsenal the week uh, the week after i thought they'll they'll beat leicester as well and then they'll uh, win the fa cup uh, then beat uh, beat leicester again beat villa i thought they'll just win all the way after the city uh, city game but whatever uh, they they <laughs> eventually they did manage to qualify for the champions league through the league uh, which they didn't have to but having said that i think pep pep lost the game for city more than uh, chelsea won it uh, against city uh, the moment the team sheets were out i mean i was asleep but when i woke up and i saw the team uh, when i saw the team on the field i was like where the hell is fernandinho or rodri like he pl- City played, I think, sixty-seven or sixty-eight games uh, this past season. Uh, and played, uh, out of that, sixty. They played 68? sixty. They played sixty. Uh, fifty-nine of fifty-nine of, those, of them. I've had either, games, yeah. Fifty-nine of them have had either. Yeah. Exactly. Like in the most important game of the season, Pep does a Pep, and does his. Uh, uh, I feel like Pep. sits in his house flips coins and says this uh, if if heads this person's going to start and if it's tail this person's going to start i don't know how pep comes up with these weird ass teams and weird ass form i mean obviously i'm not a, i'm not a manager but i think everybody saw it coming the moment fernandinho was not on the pitch that something's going to give uh, like you can't start ben and uh, bernardo silva foden and kdb in midfield and expect to win the match like no it wasn't especially even especially against especially was, against like the best defensive midfielder or box to box midfielder that is there in the world right now like that person that player counts for two people on the pitch and you're you're seeing Fernandinho I mean yeah whatever like i'm just saying two yeah, is like yeah. an understatement and that guy literally in my eyes at least deserves if france win 
you the euros this year i think kante undoubtedly deserves the ballon there's there shouldn't even be an argument about it like that guy has won the man of the match in the a uh, quarter uh, quarter final second leg both of the semi finals and the finals of the champions league that in itself is a is a huge feat and that guy has been mega this year like he has been on top of his game uh, when he's not been injured he's been on top of his game and chelsea and i'm sure uh, dodi would also agree with this like kante deserves every accolade that's that's been uh, given out to him and Uh, honestly i think that game was down to kante and nothing else kante had locked up kdb for as long as he was on the pitch unfortunately kdb had to uh, had to uh, step out i mean had to be substituted for the injury that was very unfortunate i'm not saying city could have won the game if he was on the pitch but they would have at least had a better chance uh, at going for it he looked really bad when he was on the pitch too let's right yeah he did he looked yeah. bad but why did he look bad it was because of kante right there was it was there was nothing else that i mean he was bad because he was being marked out of the game completely like kante had him in his pocket the entire time he was on the pitch so the thing so, I, like yeah just before we like transition to tushar i kind of want to allude to the fact that um manchester city's top goal scorer this season is gundogan and gundogan was playing as a defensive midfielder in that final so the issue that pep has and i don't know why he did it did it because like when it's broken why fix it he repeatedly shifts systems if you're uh, if you play fpl you're no stranger to his his uh, pep roulette um, teams that we ended up having to deal with because he alt like he just keeps shifting this, the the players around to make it a fresh uh, a team that plays out like a more or less a fresh team that plays out week in week out sometimes the detrimental of squad morale as is becoming the issue right now because there is a huge list of players who are currently unhappy with how things are progressing at man city and they all want out or are slowly hinting at that they want that they want out so when the final like when it rolled around and as when we all saw the team sheets and we went oh no fernandinho no rodri fine i guess that you could say you could make the argument that in the fa cup mason mount uh, completely um screwed around with with fernandinho kept dragging him out wide which left spaces open for city to go on the counter uh, rodri was really bad in the in their home loss against um um in their home loss against chelsea and more than anything the most baffling so the the most baffling choice was to play raheem sterling on the left and raheem sterling has been bad for nearly a year at this point if not more why are you playing him in the champions league final because reece james and uh, aspricota had him on lock they had he had one chance which was a great addition addison long uh, he pumped it long and he got on to the ball but reece james just about got back and managed to uh, get the ball out after that he com- been completely marked out the game was totally ineffective until he was brought off to be replaced by aguero who i i believe should have started this game because he would have offered some sort of an attacking focal point up the pitch de bruyne who was playing as a false nine was also switching out to the right on the occasion was completely nullified by by kante and just how and and just completely suffocated by chelsea's um, backline rudiger aspilicueta tiago silva and then he got he had bad injury then he was replaced by christensen who i thought 
had an even better performance than uh, than Rudiger, as well as Chilwell and uh, and Reece James all played out of their skins. Mason Mount was very good. Timo Werner, everyone shits on Timo Werner for missing uh, those three chances, but without Timo Werner, that goal doesn't happen. Um, so if you notice, as Mason Mount is about to make uh, is is about to make the pass, Timo Werner goes from in to out. So he goes. He makes he a diagonal run. Feet. Yeah, he drags Ruben Diaz with him, Ruben which Diaz. opens. Yeah, yeah. and uh, and, and it's, opens it's Hav- the space for that pass to go. Uh, it's Havertz versus the Stones one on one. No, Havertz and Zinchenko. So uh, Havertz, Zinchenko, just, yeah, 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 just past Zinchenko. Zinchenko doesn't realize he's gone. By the time he realizes, Mason Mount plays that Kaka-esque pass straight. Uh, Havertz goes back, uh, runs the keeper, one I, I mean, uh, the keeper should be partly blamed for that, if you ask me. He came off too early, too quickly. If he had maybe stood his ground for just one more second, he could have, he would have still been inside the box and he could have probably got a hand to it. He didn't go with his hands because he he knew he was he was he outside was, the box or maybe at the edge yeah, of the box. Yeah. He was a millisecond away from a red card. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, he was a mil- he was also a millisecond away from I mean not a, yeah he was also probably a millisecond away from making the save if, if he had gone a, a, a millisecond later he could have gone with his hands he may or may not have taken Havertz with him but I'm just saying he could have stopped like if he had got even a small nudge to it the ball would have gone off its off its path Havertz may then have had to run a little bit which would have given time for Zinchenko to come in and cover uh, cover uh, but but given it being a Champions League final, would you take a red card or a concede a goal for the team? If it was outside the box, I'd always take a red card. I mean, that's just the... I know I know. Fergie has said this one famous line. I still remember this was when Ole got his one and only red card against Newcastle. You win not because of, but despite of. Hmm... So he, he's there's this very it's there in his book also if you've read the book mm-hmm. he says it in the book uh, in in Fergie's book he says you always win because uh, you you never win because of you always win despite of so mm. I know I know Fergie would not have wanted his player to get sent off but I guess in modern day football I would have I would have taken one for the team taken a red and then just been there to fight for another day it's not that City are not good enough with ten men they would have still had the majority of the possession. So, yeah. Tushar Dori, Champions League winner, 2021. I said this on the podcast, the first one we ever did, Chelsea, my dark horse for the Champions League. That was proven right. Oh, I do remember that. <laughs> yeah, but I think like, if you went like, uh, six months back, and you told me like, Chelsea are going to win the Champions League, I'd ask you like, what are you smoking? Because, <laughs> at that time, when we still had like, Lampard and, like we we were in shambles, right? But mm. this whole Champions League journey, like like it's been like a beautiful butterfly effect. Like it started mm. with like this small thing of like we had a transfer ban last year, which mm. forced us to bring in Lampard, which forced mm. us to bring in our academy like Tammy, uh, Reese James, Mount, Billy Gilmore, all of these guys, and like I, and which was amazing, right? And then. When no one gave us a chance, they were like, Chelsea will finish 10th. Lampard managed to finish top four, uh-huh. which was crazy in itself. Um, we, we lost the FA Cup, but yeah, yeah whatever. Mm. But uh, this year, of course, he, he didn't know the tactics. After we had a good transfer window, he didn't know his tactics. Uh, and winning the Champions League is a vindication that the change was required. Yeah. 
Tuchel came in, he changed everything, right? We've become from the probably the worst defensive team to the best best defensive team out there. Um, if you if, like coming to the game, like if you see like uh, other than that one chance that Raheem Sterling had, I don't think Edward Mendy had any any work at all. He, yeah, he, he was jobless during the Champions League final. Like City had nothing. Um, I think it, even if you played for a hundred hours, City wouldn't have scored against the defense because we were so tight and there were no channels. When so this is what I was I was referring to earlier on is like so Pep is known to be slightly cold towards his players. He's great as a tactician, as a manager. Like he gets them going in systems. He's good at inspiring them. Um, but Tuchel is a, a fine balance of both, where he gets the emotional side of the game right, which is something Oli does really well. Which is why he's so successful because. Ollie is not the best tactician, but he's able to like really uh, bond with his players, and that's what and that's why they'll run through walls for him. Very similar with Tuchel, like you have players who will uh, who he really got got to know very well, and he would go speak to them, and uh, you know he like he uh, he talked to them about everything except football. He'd really get to know the player, and there's a, a very nice story about his time at at Mainz. Was when they were in in at pre they were I think in uh, in preseason, and they'd all gone biking up a mountain, and up on the mountain they had uh, left a, a a club badge, they'd buried a club badge on top of the mountain, and said and then when they were biking back down, Tushil said, if you go to a cup final, um I will go we'll go retrieve that badge for you, and at the end of the season, Mayans were in a cup final, and the uh, and the uh, and the talk before the match began, they were all in the dressing room, and then the lights go out, and it's a video of Tushil and his assistant biking up that mountain, walk climbing, trekking to go get that badge, and Tushil then it, the lights come back on. Tushil takes the badge, slams it on the table, and says, "Now we go win the final." That that's the kind of manager he is. I'm not sure how how well I've and we Tushar we spoke about this before you you jumped on how well it will translate. Um, to to league form because you can't be that uh, you you can't you can't be uh, that wasteful in front of goal and expect to get away with it over a 38 game season and you don't expect as many teams to give you the kind of space city afford because they play a very high line but as a manager going forward it definitely is see there's someone he he's someone they should stick with because there's a really damning stat about all the three the last two uh, managers who got to the Champions League final who they've lost they've got there thrice but they've no, I'm, oh, this is a Chelsea fact this is not a, a, a so the last three the last two managers who have got to the Champions League final have been sacked three months into the season like they, there will be a blip at some point but Chelsea need to stick with this guy because he's really really good <laughs> the England squads were out uh, finally, after a, a week of, of fanfare, they had like a, they had a, a song that came out with it. There was a schedule to announce the squad, like an interview squad numbers. They had so much build up for what joy, and then the build up to the the, the build up to the announcement also was filled with quite a bit of silliness because as of two days ago, Trent was not in the squad, but yesterday around half past two, he was in the squad. And they've been like the only thing that have made it more like dramatic was like if Gareth Southgate had like the decision or something on ESPN and then he did it. Yeah, like that would have been hilarious. 
<laughs> oh, yeah, speaking but... of speaking of the decision, that man is not having a good uh, good season. <laughs> but uh, he is about to get knocked off the playoffs. But we'll we'll come to that in, in a separate in, a, in an NBA podcast maybe. But okay, uh, so the English. <laughs> So the England squad is out. Uh, they're going with three goalkeepers, uh, Henderson, Pickford, and um, Sam Johnston. In defense, they've got Tyrone Mings, Kyle Walker, Harry Maguire, John Stones, Connor Cody, what's his name? Kev- uh, Trippier, Chilwell, Shaw, Reese James. Walker. Walker, yeah, Kyle Walker. Yeah, yeah I'm so in midfield, we, had, we have uh, Bellingham, Henderson, Mount, Calvin Phillips, and Declan Rice. Okay. And for your attacking options, you have uh, DCL, Foden, Grealish, Kane, Rashford, Bukaya, Bukayo, Saka, jo, jo, uh, Sancho, and Sterling. So, uh, omissions from the squad. Uh, Jesse Lingard surprisingly didn't go. I don't think any of us had him not to go. We all thought he'd make the squad. We don't think we didn't think he'd start, but he's not going at all. Um, ben but White, I always ben, thought like like I always thought you don't need Jesse Lingard like Jesse Lingard only did well in like the last quarter of the Premier League season mm-hmm. and England are absolutely stacked in that position they don't need a Jesse Lingard like and his time is over like Lingard's time is over for the England squad like I think it's good he left they left him out Sterling has been shit over the past 8 to 10 months and just given that stat compared to Lingard having an amazing end to the season, current form, Lingard, Lingard has to go compared to Sterling. So, but that's Sterling. not the same position, right? Mm. Look at it position for position. Don't look at it for player to player. Lingard can't like, where, where is Sterling? Where is Sterling's going to play on the left, right? According to all of us, I think he's going to play on the left, right? He's going to play as a support striker. He's the support striker. They're not playing for for a back four. Like you look at the, yeah, the squad. You look at the squad. He's taken four right backs and gone. What do you think is going to happen? He's playing a back three. He's playing back three. So if he's playing a back three, let's okay. Let's let's just put it on paper. Pickford starts. Yeah. Correct. Right. Yep. Your back three is going to be. Uh, I I I think it's going to be Walker right right back. Yeah. Uh, Maguire Stones. If Maguire's Maguire, fit, yeah. If Maguire's Maguire, fit, uh, he'll play. So it's you, you go. You, you want me to take you through? I'll take you through. Yeah, take us through. I mean, England's your team anyway. So <laughs> anyway, we'll see. <laughs> so uh, so the ideal team is John Pickford in goal, Kyle Walker at right center, uh, at one of, in a back three. With uh, Maguire and Stone supporting, I don't think Maguire is going to be fit enough for Croatia. So I expect Conor Cody to start that. Conor Cody is good in a three; he's horrible in a four. Um, so Conor Cody will start that. It should be, in my opinion, um, Reese. Uh, no, Trent on the right, Chilwell on the left, a midfield three of Declan Rice, Mason Mount, and. Uh, I think go for the double pivot. So Calvin Phillips, because I don't think John Henderson is, is playing any games till the knockout. So uh, a midfield three of and up front, so that's three five, and he's going to go with either Sterling and Kane. Sterling is sure shot. If he switches to a three four three, which is where it's it's four in midfield, so you take the you take the double pivot off. He will play the three that he usually goes is Rashford, Kane, uh, and and Sterling. It could be Sancho, Kane, and Sterling, or Sancho, Kane, and Rashford. Those are the three that will start. In my opinion, Jaden Sancho should be in that squad no matter what, because he's the best and the most informed of all the wingers they currently have. 
In my opinion, he shouldn't start Sterling. It should be Sancho, Kane, and Grealish because just think of the ball, the the amount of fun it will be to watch England. You have Jack Grealish who is leaving defend defenders for fun. I Mason think he's Mount, one of the best dribblers. Yeah, like he's so good. His the only like downside to his game right now. He's only played like two and a half games since he's come back, so that could be an issue. But Ever since he came back, Villa have looked revitalized. Like they look, of course. Yeah, yeah, there's a you know as what we call zameen asman ka fark. Actually, uh, he looks rested. Like he looks properly rested and ready for Euros. Like that, no other player just... has that. Yeah, <laughs> like even look at the Villa game. Like he's like running everywhere. He's running in the midfield. He's doing everything. Everybody else is gassed out in the Premier League. So I think him getting injured might be a blessing in disguise for England. Yeah, dude. Like, I, I really want him to play. I don't want Rashford to play one minute of this of these Euros, because two things. One, he's he doesn't have the legs. He's, no, yeah. he's clearly injured. Like, he's pushing himself through injury to like go get the Euros. Like, dude, go rest. And when he plays like this, he's more of a hindrance than he is an asset. So I'm so with me, me and like so I, as much as I love Marcus Ashford, I think he's a game changer. Keep him on the bench. Bring him on for 15-20 minutes. Let him run entire defenses. I wanted that really to be Greenwood because I thought Greenwood would be the would be the, the surprise factor that England would take to the uh, to the Euros because when you're like one nil down, when England will invariably be one nil down to a good side <laughs> in the 60th or the 70th minute, and you need a goal, you bring on this kid who most defenders will have to think twice about. They're like, oh shit, where do I? Which side do I show him on? And not to forget the the big hulking mass that is Harry Kane on the other side of the pitch, who is going to be like, oh, I have suddenly occupied so much space, like so much space available. I'm going to start taking shots. So they have enough. This is, I think, a better at one of the best attacking set of players I've seen in an English national team for a very long time, like a really long time. And it's a shame they're playing three at the back. But if they're playing three at the back, as they might as well make it fun, like Antonio Conte's Chelsea did, uh, a three-four-three, three, it, and it'll be an absolute blast. But you have to go pace heavy in in that scenario. And I don't think Kane is the kind of person who bullies strikers the way Diego Costa used to. By the way, by the way, two things. One, I completely agree with you. I think England should play a back four instead of a back five. But uh, having said that, one thing I wanted to say. Uh, about uh, about what you just said in the last point, Conte had Conte in, yeah. in the four in midfield. So mm. I don't think England have a Conte. They have Declan Rice. I actually think uh, England's whole squad uh, hinges on Harry Maguire, Declan Rice, Mason and Mount, and Kane. Kane. These yeah, these four guys are the key. They're the backbone of the team. Yeah, everybody else, I feel, is a little bit expendable, more or less. Yeah. yeah. But, but yeah, it depends on how these guys do it in the Euros, whether they win it or not. Kane is not and starting. I'm not sure Maguire will start for, for the first yeah, few sorry. games at least. He's not, he's Maguire, not starting Croatia. I think Maguire doesn't start Croatia for sure. Yeah, definitely. It's not the first few games for sure, as you're saying. Uh, I think Connor Cody is going to take it uh, in his place. And Cody has been really good for England. Uh, he he's but a great pass of the of the ball. He can he can easily put the ball down either of the wings for the attacking uh, attacking three. 
Or they did they didn't take the best Villa defender. They took the second best Villa defender. Ezri Konza, who is again English and he's Tyron Mings' partner, has had the better season compared to <laughs> Mings. And they've taken Mings and gone because I assume they're they're looking at leadership qualities at the back. The irritating aspect is like we know England are not going to get the ball. Now they don't have like some they're not a position style football team. If England stumble on France in a, in the knockouts. I think they they play one of France or Portugal because yeah they they play one of that winner. So uh, yeah. one of the either France, yeah. Germany yeah. or Portugal, one of them. Hmm. One of them they'll end up playing, right? So <laughs> if they had France and it like so I've I've seen Mbappe pocket uh, and I've, I've been pocketed by Van Bissaka in the, in the in the Champions League to a point where like to a point where he just shrugs him off. Mm. England are not going to have the ball for a very long piece of time. They're going to have wing, wingers taking on their fullbacks. And Mohan Bisaka is excellent in those kind of positions. Play a back three, put him in the right, uh, put him put him at uh, right centre back, let Trent do his thing bombing forward. Your whole right side is insulated and also a proper threat. But Satke doesn't uh, like Mohan Bisaka. I don't, I think he doesn't like his attacking output. So what not, but cool. Uh, I think even... Uh, Ole also has a problem with his attacking uh, output, which is why they are currently ramping up the bid for Kieran Trippier to come in as uh, a backup uh, wing back. Really? Yeah, yeah. I haven't heard about this. I, I haven't heard about this. This is news to me. <laughs> yeah, Kieran yeah. Trippier is uh, coming. Is like it's they're accelerating that deal. Abrizio Shakti. No, check Laurie Whittle, uh, who is like the United <laughs> correspondent for. <laughs> Uh, what do you call it? for the athletic and so he's reporting and they've been reporting about this for a while always wanted him for a while so AS or Ask uh, yeah. English which is Ask uh, which is uh, one of the Madrid papers <laughs> they have photoshopped Ancelotti's face and onto Gandalf so <laughs> as, as you know I, I mean I'm, I'm unsure if either of you or our listeners have watched the two towers but spoiler alert like in the first in fellowship of the ring, Gandalf dies and he comes back as Gandalf the White in the Tutas. So it's Carlo Ancelotti's face on Gandalf's face with the white hair and with that upturned uh, eyebrow. If all the choices to go, like, you know, to have gone with, I find that oddly crazy. But okay, I think to wrap up the pod, we'll quickly go with... Um, I I think I just wanted to like go on to like transfers. Yeah. Um, like um so like Barcelona pulling off a broke ST masterclass here. Like Gerard- and uh, one more thing was uh, uh Mourinho did a conference where he's like, I want to bring Cristiano Ronaldo to Roma. <laughs> just like Mourinho, dude, like I feel like his ego hasn't caught up with him yet, where he's still delusional and he still thinks he's that big. Um, Mourinho is I think I think we haven't spoken about uh, Ibrahima Konate uh, transfer being finalized by Liverpool so yeah that's a, that's that's been a great piece of business by Liverpool I think they I don't think they needed a second centre back because I thought Joe Gomez did a fabulous job along with Van Dijk but I guess he's a cover for Van Dijk more than being he's the I, or, I'm sorry for uh, Joe Gomez, but I still think Joe Gomez starts ahead of Konate. But I don't think I don't think they're uh, Kabak was a lone move, right? Yeah, he's going back. 
Yeah. So he yeah he goes back. Uh, but we they have Nat Phillips who's been yeah, quite good towards the end of the season for sure for them. Uh, as oh, was so famously I, yeah. mentioned on this podcast, he was everywhere. He was a mix of Morigi yeah. and Van Dyke. So. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, this is what we Sorry, can this do. Ronaldo thing to being linked has to United what, has, is looking very serious. Guys, let's not let's not please. It's mm-hmm. I think it's 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 well past its sell by date. Uh, Ronaldo, I mean, yeah, it's. I know, but it's the rumors are looking very serious. It's not yeah. happening. Ronaldo, but he's European. not leaving. He's not leaving. <laughs> the only reason Ronaldo is going to the, going to Roma is to go win the European Conference League because that's where Roma is. <laughs> 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 no, but but no, seriously. Like uh, honestly, if if Uwe hadn't qualified for Champions League, I would have bought that he was leaving Uwe. But now that they're in the Champions League, he really doesn't care. I mean, yeah. I'm sure he's going to stay with Uwe for what. Plus, they've got staying, uh, uh, Allegri. They've got Allegri, so there's no chance he's leaving. No chance he's. Okay, so quickly, dream transfers for your like not even dream, realistic transfers uh, for your for the top four this season. What improves them all? So City need a striker. So who would ideally City go after? I think City are are after are after Grealish as well. They're after a hundred. They want to make him the hundred million, uh, the high the, the first hundred million English. I'm player. not heard about this. City are after Grealish. What? Wow. Like so much Subs- to I mean, this Sub- subscribe to the Athletic. <laughs> Sterling will be on the bench then. Sterling is going to get sold. So I think Jao Cancelo wants out. Jao Cancelo wants out. Laporte wants out. I will. Dude, I will literally fly from here in in the midst of a travel ban to England, <laughs> to Manchester, and personally drive without a visa. Also, personally drive <laughs> Laporte from the city of Manchester Stadium to uh, to. Old and I'll join you for this. Five point six miles. That's it. That's all you'll have yeah. to drive. Drive, but it's fine. <laughs> Getting to those five point six miles is like six thousand miles in between. My dream transfer is Kane, Sancho. One of Bissouma or NDD. I prefer NDD, but I, I know you guys prefer Bissouma and a centre back. I would take any one of Pau Torres. If Laporte is available, I'll hundred percent take Laporte. Mm. Like because he's already Premier League proven, so there's yeah. you don't have to see if he's if he up to the pace and what have you. Uh, and did I mention Sancho? I did right. Yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah. The, yes. These are the four that I would I would make. These are my dream. Problems. Chelsea really need like a stadium. Uh, probably Rice is actually a good good option, but he seems too expensive right now. Yeah. So the the funny thing is we've been linked with Lukaku for, for a striker because Mariana believes that uh, we can get him and get him at an insanely cheap price. You know, you know, get as long as he comes to us <laughs> cheap. It doesn't matter, right? Uh, uh, there's also we've been linked to Hakimi. Oh, dude, that is that I'm is not the, so that sure is the transfer. That. Yeah, yeah that, Hakimi. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah, he's dead. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Inter Inter are selling him for eighty million, uh, but I think he, I think he's Paris bound because Paris really want him. But Chelsea are like in with the shout. Yeah, so that, that is something. If we pull off, it'll be crazy. That's actually a, that's a better deal in my opinion. I think with Lukaku, no matter how much you pay, you'll be disappointed because it's just like his first touch is going to be. It's like it's almost going to be like a one or two point situation. One is fast, one is slightly slow. Um, but you don't want. But at like, least one will be able to finish, right? 
but he, his first touch needs to be good to finish no? yeah please bhai like you've seen lukaku if, if they pursue with the with the same system uh yeah. that they currently yeah. playing now even the chances they they will not create enough chances for lukaku to put one or two of them away if lukaku was on goal in that kai havertz situation trust me that first touch kai havertz put him straight on to goal <laughs> lukaku's first touch would have gone for a throw in ீல் It would, be, it would be really uh, interesting for Chelsea. You know who's not such yeah, a bad signing? Yeah, that's not a bad deal, honestly. Actually. Yeah. I think Calvert-Lewin is actually not a very bad signing. I'm not saying for United. I'm just saying he's not a bad signing. For it's, any it's of good. the top four, four teams. I agree. Do you know what Everton have priced him at? 60 million? 90 million. You can keep him for 90 million. Oh, 90 million. Wow. Yeah, you this can. COVID market, who's going to pay this, this kind of money? I don't know, man. Like Dortmund, everyone's broke. Yeah, Dortmund has started to push it again. If Kane leaves, if Kane leaves Spurs, I think Spurs should go for Calvert Lewin because they're yeah. going to get over the top money for Kane. They're going to get easily 120, 130 million. But that's going to go for the loan, dude. Again, who's not going to go for like? Not uh, much. Dude, right if now. he doesn't bring in a striker, that team does not have a second striker. Mm. They'll get a budget, right? They'll get a 30 million striker and 40 million strikers. Levy. They will be pushing outside, right? Bro, then they'll be looking out from uh, from they'll be looking from the outside into the top six. They're not going to make top six. Speaking of being broke, uh, Barcelona told Liverpool that uh, we don't have the forty. They defaulted on their forty-five million payment of Coutinho, and they said <laughs> we don't have the forty-five million. Take Coutinho back. Coutinho <laughs> is the biggest scam, dude. I think the world's biggest scam is Coutinho, and second biggest was Eden Hazard, dude. And both are those Spanish clubs. <laughs> I feel like that was a transfer that broke Barcelona and lifted Liverpool to that Premier League and Champions League win. Yeah, dude, but that was really that, the that, biggest scam, dude. With that money only, they got Allison and uh, I mean Van Dijk. They got the season. Van Dijk. Yeah. Uh, they got no. Allison. They got the same season. Same season, no? They got Allison same season. Yeah. Same season. Both, yeah. both of them they got the same. No, Allison. after Lord Carius's uh, stuff. Yeah. No, no, no Allison came in January. He no, Allison came the season after because they played Roma in the in the semis and they beat them. And Allison was in goal for that. That was the season where Liverpool thumped City at at Anfield, and then uh, Roma the first Barcelona uh, remontada happened. No, where Roma beat them and uh, Allison was there. And then the next season, Allison transferred from uh, Roma to Liverpool, and then the whole final Barcelona thing at Anfield happened. So Alice, so uh, Van Dijk came first. He came in January of that season. Yeah, yeah. And in the summer, Allison came. Yeah, basically. So basically, Coutinho went in Jan. Van Dijk came in Jan, and then Allison came in the summer. Yeah. Okay, I think that's about wraps up the end of season podcast. Um, realistically before we like obviously uh i mean before we conclude i just want to get a rating for your for your teams this season um it, just like let's rate the top 4 out of 10 which is uh, united which is city united liverpool and chelsea 
and you each of you can like let me know your uh, how much you rate them by and then we can just conclude on that on that episode on that end city get an 8 i think mm-hmm. uh, they got two trophies should have got i think they had the team to get a quadruple uh, mm-hmm. as much as it pains me to say that they did have the team to get the quadruple uh okay fa cup they did, they couldn't but they they definitely should have won the treble if not for peps over smartness uh mm. they should have won it so only because of that it's an 8 out of 10 could have been a 10 out of 10 out of 10 season had they won the champions league but 8 out of 10 i would say okay you want to do uh, united no you do all four so let's not go around because okay. then it'll take i think i think 6 uh, for united Yeah, only a six. Uh, if they had won the Europa, I would have probably given a seven or an eight. But because of their failure in the Europa, it's only a six. Okay. Uh, I think Liverpool, after where they were in January with those five uh, consecutive uh, uh, losses at home, honestly, I did think they will finish in the top four. I, I've been saying that since January, despite their five five game losing streak at home, I did say they'll finish in the top four. but the way they finished the season i think because of the way they finished the season i give them a 6 only because of that no other reason okay hmm. uh chelsea for me from where they were in in december jan to where they finished for me would be a solid 8 out of 10 uh like i would say 8 and a half out of 10 they could have hmm. got a double this season a hmm. double would have definitely put a 10 out of 10 season for them but i think 8 and a half out of 10 uh, only because they didn't win the fa cup even though they were favorites mm. and they just sort of scraped through because gareth bale did them a favor let's let's be honest i mean eventually mm. it wouldn't have mattered because they won the champions league they would have gotten into the top four i mean they wouldn't they would have gotten in into pot one next season uh, irrespective but uh, i mean even now they get into pot one next season but mm. uh, only because of that eight out of eight and a half out of 10 but yeah Of the top four, I think they had the best season, best end to this. Yeah, so I would rate City's season as an eight, mm. just because they've had they've had a brilliant run in the Premier League. Mm. If they had got a, if they won the Champions League, I would have given them an extra point or a point and a half for that matter. For United, as Sid said, I would give them a six as well, mm. because towards the end of the season they just looked. Drained out, and I hope they would have finished much better. Had a better end to the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chelsea would give them a eight as well mm-hmm. uh, because of the way they finished um, and won the Champions League. Mm-hmm. Um, Liverpool, they had a rough season. I would give them a five and a half or six. Um, Man City, I would give them a eight. they did well all season i think they were a really good team great tactics great everything except that champions league where they kind of bottled it um united united i give up five like i really think they should have won that that europa league game mm-hmm. otherwise they, they would have given them a seven or eight but uh, i i really don't like ole's lack of substitutions and the way he he goes about his season uh I think the team is good. Maybe needs more players, but there needs to be a lot more improvement in terms of tactics there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Liverpool, I would say that the so they ended the season well. But the reason they ended the season well, you would say, is because they were so shit in January. Where like Klopp 
played basically the same team for six games like which was really i think was really stupid like he clops a great manager you should stay at liverpool all of that but um, his lack of uh, changes like he played the same formation he's been playing last three years and the same team like i'm like if you're losing six games in a row at least like change one player right yeah he is having out of form season your strikers are having an out of form season change mm-hmm. some player right what happened you lose one more game anyway you're losing right mm-hmm. but it, the good thing is he somehow managed to finish well in the end but uh, so i would i would still give him like like a 6 um uh, chelsea uh, our first half of the season was really shit i think my, i would divide it into two parts because i think that's fair for chelsea like i would give give them like a 3 out of 10 in the first first 6 months of the season Mm-hmm. and then i would probably give them a, a seven and a half in the, the latter half of the season where like we we pulled our shit together mm. we 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 won the champions league which nobody thought we would mm-hmm. fa cup um, that's the only thing i'm surprised because he didn't play our best team just because he won the champions league spot mm. uh, we played kepa and he didn't he didn't play the right players but i think even our cup you should go to win it but i understand like where his mind is but i don't necessarily agree with it yeah yeah so so i think to conclude i'll quickly rattle off mine i think city get an eight they have been untouchable for most part of the season they had a shaky start um but then they kind of really uh, revitalized the squad and from january they were just they ran away with the league um failures in the, in the domestic cups uh, can be excused cuz knockout competitions can you know have like it's basically which way the coin flips on that day but pep has to take some blame for it so i probably give him an eight United finished second but I'll give them a 5 because I agree that they they should have won that final but they shouldn't have been in there in the first place uh they were they they were one they could have been one of the first teams to have uh qualified for the Champions League out straight out of the group stage um but that Istanbul away performance was is unforgivable in my opinion um there's also been I mean you could excuse the home form saying not really a lot of fans because the away form they've gone unbeaten away from home uh, all season uh, there's definitely progress there but I think with the way the cup competitions has progressed and with just um the, the lack of depth in the squad and the lack of investment also in, uh, in that squad I think I'll give them a 5 they, they they did the best they could I think this is the more li- one of the more likable united teams that I feel at no point did we ever feel like no any player in that in their team wasn't giving it their all no matter how good they were but definitely i think a 5 suits them both i would have given them a 7 a 6 or a 7 like tushar but i think a 5 makes more sense liverpool i'll also give a 5 because um they real for, for the kind of team they are one one injury does not have to derail your season the way it did yes they had like their entire backline was out but Klopp refused to change the system until January when the league was out of reach and only then did he start to get some sort of uh, master them back they had a great escape a uh, one Alisson Becker goal away from not qualifying for uh, the Champions League but but they got through by the skin of their teeth and Chelsea I will give them a strong 8 again a really bad start of the season like many other teams uh, Lampard I to share just before you got on we kind of spoke about this Lester how he had he was great with the team he had but I think it became uh an issue with the with managing egos and that's ultimately led to his downfall tushel's come in and ultimately uh, and put his foot down and you know just made himself the big boss out of the mall got the reaction of the team shut, shut up shop at the back uh, conceded the fewest amount of goals uh, from in second half of the season took them to finals uh, one which he lost thanks to a wonder goal 
uh, and the second where he completely outclassed uh, Manchester City and Pep Guardiola. So I think uh, they they get an eight. And I think on that note, we we wrap up this pod. I think we've been going on for a fair bit now, but uh, that should be that is our end of the season pod. Uh, thank you for all for coming uh, for joining us. This is. This is the first season we ended up doing something like this. I mean, technically half a season since we started doing something like this. And uh, it, it is there's almost like a weird bittersweet ending uh, to the season as we're ending the season spot. But the pod will continue because we'll be swapping over to the Euros from next week onwards. Uh, we'll possibly put together a schedule which we'll discuss. I think, um, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll have more for you on the matter in the next week or so, just before the Euros kick off. So until then, it's a good definitely bye. Definitely a lot more watch-alongs. Yeah, definitely a lot more watch-alongs because I feel there'll be yeah. there are some really interesting games coming through. So if you listen to the pod and if you haven't subscribed to the YouTube channel yet, please do, and uh, we'll make sure that both audiences meet and we'll certainly get some of you on for for some of the games because as, as much as we enjoy each other's company, it always helps to. It's always nice to have an outsider's perspective on on things. So goodbye from us. We'll see you next week. But for the Premier League, this is farewell till till August, I suppose. Take care.